Good afternoon, Jets fans. Glenn Norton with Jet Nation Radio, JetNation.com. Be sure to check us out on JetNation.com and become a part of what is the most active Jets message board on the web. This is our second episode of Jet Nation AM, and uh, we are joined today. Very, uh, very grateful to have Emery Hunt of Football Game Plan on with us. You'll also know him as a regular feature on Ross Tucker's podcast, and Emery also does some live broadcasting uh, in the college game. Uh, for those of you who follow Emery, you're familiar with his work. He does a great job breaking down NFL pro- or uh, college prospects leading up to the draft, and he's really done some great work over the years. I've, I've been following him on Twitter for quite some time now. He's been a friend of the show, and today he's going to talk. He's going to give his two cents on, on the last two Jets draft classes, um, we'll cover the last two because, as we all know, no camp, no preseason for some of these second-year guys. So it's somewhat of a their first full NFL season. Uh, some of these guys are already gone, uh, but some of them are still around. There's some question marks, and we're going to get Emery's thoughts. So, Emery, thanks for joining us, and uh, and please share with us your thoughts on these these first two draft classes Joe Douglas has put together for the New York Jets. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's you know it's been a solid class. I think the Jets. I've said this before. I said it. Uh, during the preseason, I don't think the Jets are as far off as people make them out to be. Um, and I expected the season to go completely different, <clears throat> considering that you had a rookie quarterback and, um, you know, new system, uh, new coach. They're going to build everything around him. So he should have the best chance to hit the ground running. Obviously, things have not transpired like that. Now, they've had a couple of injuries, um, no real continuity, but. I mean, even during the preseason, you saw what potential could be. Granted, it's vanilla, it's things like that. But like, this is not a bad football team. They can move the ball. They should be better up front defensively. And then the rash of injuries started to happen on that side of the ball. Um, and then they started having injuries up front. So I said all that to say, uh, I think he's done a solid job drafting and also acquiring talent. You know, I'm big on undrafted free agents. I thought he did a great job in keeping that talent pipeline there. Um, so if you look at their roster top to bottom, I think this is a team that that should stay competitive throughout. I think they're in the process now where uh, Carolina was a year ago, where you saw the talent um, and you knew there was a lot of young talent. And then the following year, which is this year, we see them, you know, sort of breaking through. Uh, if they can stabilize the quarterback position with Cam Newton, then they'll really break through, which I expect that to happen. But I feel like the Jets are in that part of the process where, it's a talent acquisition process. Guys are getting acclimated. Next year, we should see a much better Jet football team moving forward. And so in, in looking at this class, this rookie class, of course, Zach Wilson goes number two. Um, started out slow before prior to the injury against the Pats. He goes out. He wins rookie of the week, has a decent start against the Patriots, gets knocked out. Now Mike White comes in. So Zach Wilson will probably sit until Mike White, un- until he starts playing poorly. I think as long as the Jets are playing well and they're, and they're winning a couple games, uh, probably not going to happen this week against Buffalo, but uh, I think Mike White's got a shot here. But but even behind Zach Wilson, you know, the move up to get Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, I know, if I, and I'm guilty of it too. I love the draft picks. I want all the picks. I want 20 picks every draft. Um, but a lot of people were critical when Joe Douglas traded up to get Elijah Vera Tucker because they felt like if they'd stayed put, they could have gotten another lineman where they were and kept their picks. But now we see Vera Tucker playing at a very high level. Elijah Moore finally starting to get some targets. He's been open all year. The production hasn't been there, but that hasn't been a lack of that, – that's that's not a product of Elijah Moore not getting open. That's a product of the quarterback not getting him the football. Um, but what do you think of some of these early-round hits they've had on offense where Michael Carter looks like he's going to be a player? Um, so I commented on this the other day that if Zach Wilson pans out, even if he doesn't, let's say Zach Wilson doesn't pan out, 
it looks like Joe Douglas found three really good players on offense and at the top of this draft, which I honestly can't recall the last time a Jets GM did that because that's just not something Jets fans are accustomed to seeing. So on the offensive side of the ball in the early picks, what are your thoughts on these guys? No, you hit the nail on the head. They're really good players, and it shows you that you can quickly improve positions within the draft if you draft the right players, which shows due diligence, uh, trusting your scouts, understanding the player, the person that you're getting, in addition to understanding the player. And all three of those guys can be fixtures for this offense. So definitely uh, not not surprising there because all those guys are really good prospects coming out in the draft. And if you just take good players, you tend to be on the right side of draft of drafting. And I think that's what the Jets have done. So I don't have an issue with those pieces. I even think Zach Wilson still is going to be good. Um, I, uh, you know, I feel like that's some something that's going to work itself out. Uh, I wish the wide receiver position would have been a little bit better in terms of allowing Denzel Mims to play early on, um, putting your best three out there, not because one guy can play all three positions, put the best players out there and let that work itself out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I, I still feel as though Zach was going to be a good player, uh, but the, the O-line picks have been hits. Uh, they got the right back in Michael Carter. I was a big fan of him. He was my number two back in the draft uh, behind Najee Harris. And, uh, you know, you, you bring in um, Elijah Moore, who can play multiple spots, but also is good with the football in his hand. So not an issue with those, those O-line picks and uh, those offensive picks. Now, what did you think about the, the the thought process, the Jets' thought process of saying, let, let's take Jamie and Sherwood and Hamza Nasruddin and a couple of college safeties and move them to linebackers so we can get a little bit more, more athletic on defense. Uh, Sherwood, of course, out for the year with an ACL. Nasruddin was kind of handed the starting job out of camp, started the opener, saw his playing time cut in week two, hasn't played a defensive snap since then, some of it due to injury. But he, obviously the coaching staff didn't like what they saw. He was active last week, only played special teams. Um, what do you think of him as a player? And as an aside, this is a thought I, I or a thought I wanted to pitch to you. The Jets are really thin at safety right now. Now, if Nas Rodin is going to play zero snaps at linebacker, would there be any value in saying, you know what, let's put him back at his natural position so he can see some reps at at you know NFL speed, even though it's not the position we want him to play, and kind of go from there and see if that can help in his development. You know, I, I think you kind of want to keep him in a position that you expect him to play long term. So you don't want to. Fl- you know, cross-training the flip between safety and backer. You want him to continue to get acclimated. He's a really good player. And I agree with the sentiment of upgrading the athleticism because the way the game is played now, you want to put a lot of guys that, that can run out there on the field. And moving those two guys to linebacker is definitely the way to go. Um, and, again, with a rookie, throwing him out there as a starter, game probably was moving a, a, you know extremely fast for him which caused mental bust and you see him guessing out there and not really sure. And, and that's not what you want. Cause if you're hesitant, then you're, you're a liability. Um, so I understand why they did what they did and, and scaled it back a little bit for him that the game slowed down some special teams reps before he can ease him back in, in certain uh, spots. I wouldn't even discount Elijah Riley, who they picked up, I, I believe from uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, someone that uh, came from the you know army West point you know, he's someone that in college played safety and also corner. There's your there's your safety depth right there. Uh, he has that experience. He's also an impactful uh, player versus the run. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him a little bit more as that move safety piece. So that's probably where they're going to get that answer. Uh, but I, I feel like uh, Sherwood and, and Nezrodine are, are really good players, long-term projects, good athleticism that should help out in year two. 
And folks, that's why you should be following Emory Hunt on Twitter. Uh, this is easy for me. I, fo- I follow the Jets, you know, f- focus on the Jets. Everyone else is in my peripheral. I pick up bits and pieces here and there. You're keeping track of all 32 teams and you're up to date on who, what practice squad guy they just snagged the other day off someone's roster and where he played, what college, uh, what positions and how well he did. So uh, great job. I, I, I once did, once the Jets snagged him, I went to see if he had, had any NFL reps, which he didn't. And there's not a ton of army film online. So it's kind of tough to, to, to dig that up, but I know you do, you know, the work you do is so extensive. So great job there. Um, so the corners real quick, Michael Carter, the other Michael Carter, who the Jets drafted has done a really nice job in the slot. Jason Pinnock's only seen a couple reps on defense thus far. And Brandon Eccles came in and kind of, I mean, you'd expect Pinnock to have the upper hand being the earlier pick. Brandon Eccles comes and steals that starting job. Hasn't been great. Hasn't been terrible. But for a sixth round pick, I guess it's all a matter of what you expect from a sixth rounder. Um, some people will be critical and say he's only been average. And someone like me says, look, some of your players are going to be average and that's OK. Not everyone's going to be a superstar. Um, any thoughts on the corners before we move on to the, the 2020 class, Emery? Yeah, I expect Pennick to have a, a, a much better second season. I think his injury in, in training camp kind of, uh, you know, limited his progress because he was trekking in the right direction. There were reports out of camp that he had really good days. Um, and then he had a, a setback. And so I think that sort of stunted his growth a little bit. He is still a phenomenal man corner. Um, Echoes. You know, because of his athleticism and his speed and his, his quickness, um, he's someone that, that is really good. And I, I, he reminds me a lot of what they drafted the year prior in uh, Gidry, you know, the guy from, from Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, same type of player. Echoes does give you some, some, some ability there as well as Michael Carter. So, again, these picks that they've hit on, uh, even if they're – if you consider them average, they are starters. They got, they've gotten start, starting experience. That's kind of what you want. Um, and then you if you could win with solid, you could win with good, you could win with very good. Everything doesn't have to be great in order to win. But if you got solid players and sprinkled with a few great players in there, you're gonna be just fine. Yeah, and that's kind of where you know where where fans are hoping this draft class goes. Um, so now last year's class, of course, they started things off with Makai Becton. Um, this is a debate. I wanted to throw this question at you real quick because this is a debate I've had on our forums at J Nation with a million people on Twitter, uh, the Mackay Becton thing. So here's a guy who comes out of college, comes out of Louisville uh, with no significant injury history, comes to the Jets, hurts his shoulder during a game last year, uh, didn't have the greatest coaching staff. They shove him right back out into the game while he's hurt. Probably makes things worse. He misses some time. Then he comes in this year, week one, he has a, a you know right guard get rolled up on the back of his leg, as, as would be the case with anybody, um, gets injured in that situation. Um, and there are a lot of fans talking about this guy like, you know, he's oh, this guy is soft. Yes, because having a 300 pound human roll up on you and, and injure you is, is the epitome of soft. Who couldn't walk that off? Um, do you hold a GM account? Do you like do you look at a GM and say this is a miss for Joe Douglas because Makai Becton can't stay on the field or my view, which is. These are things you can't foresee. These aren't soft tissue injury. These aren't nagging injuries from bad decisions. These are just sometimes guys have bad luck on the football field. Exactly. And I always say injuries are a freak occurrence. You know, you can't predict an injury or, you know, say this guy is going to get hurt. They just all happen in a freak manner. Um, and for someone that big, you know, it's, it's tough because – you know, sometimes the injuries to someone like that, your recovery time is going to be different. Everybody's recovery time is is different. Um, and I think for Becton, is this a lot of freak injuries? 
because when he's out there, he's playing well. So that tells you that he's a good player. He just has to, you know, have better luck. Essentially, uh, there's no rhyme or reason about him getting hurt. You know, it's just very, very freak occurrences. And I think one thing that a lot of people forget with Becton coming out of Louisville is because of the type of offense they ran, people expected him to struggle a lot more than he did last year. People said there's going to be this huge adjustment because his, his past sets in college were so infrequent and the ball came out so quickly. He's going to have this. And, and he really considered all things considered played at a very high level. And I, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, the injury thing, so, some guys just get injured, you know, getting out of bed, take Blake Cashman, for example. Um, you know, I mean, you can't get injured every other week, um, which unfortunately has been the case with him. But Becton, I, I'm not going to get upset because a guy, you know, gets rolled up on. And, and doesn't, you know, doesn't respond well to that. So some of the middle round picks, this is where Joe Douglas's harshest critics have come in from his first class, myself included, didn't love the Ashton Davis pick, didn't like the Jabari Zuniga pick. I just felt that was too early for a back of, I'm, I'm sorry, of uh, LaMichael P. Ryan Zuniga was the D lineman taken in the middle rounds as well. Didn't love either of those picks. And really, P. Ryan's not a fit for this offense, so we haven't seen much of him. Zuniga has been on the practice squad a lot. Um, did you have any thoughts on these guys pre-draft? How did you feel about these picks when they were made? I looked at Zuniga as more of a depth guy. So to me, he's filling a role. And what, what happens, you, you got to remember, you know, you're drafting for starters, you're drafting for role players, and you're also drafting for depth. It's no different than if you take a collegiate approach to it, right? When, um, if let's say if you're Alabama and you have the these five stars, and that's all great and, and fine. But let's say you have guys that, you know, let's say, oh, guys that may want to walk on at Alabama. Well, if you're Alabama, you can't have just any Joe Schmo, Schmo walk-on. You got to have good walk-ons, and you got to really vet those. Your walk-ons should be able to go start at other programs or play significant minutes at other programs. So if uh, to, to apply that to the draft – you look at, okay, we need a good depth guy, and maybe a guy like Zuniga does one thing well. Well, we need this one thing, uh, this person to do that one thing well, maybe 12 snaps a game. If we can get that right away because we vetted him and, and say that this guy can do the one thing that we need, then that's what we're going to do. And so that's the logic behind a lot of picks. You know, the first round picks are the easy ones, that's the best players, right? Um, the top tier athletes, then as each round you go, you got to find, okay, you start thinking in terms of snaps, fit, scheme, um, upside. And so I understand a lot of the mid round picks. P Ryan to me, uh, I thought last year, a uh, 2020 draft, they, they could have gone in other directions, but you get a guy that's going to you know, be part of a rotation. And that's what he was last year. Uh, but you saw they addressed that issue this year by getting a Michael Carter, who I thought should have gone higher. And they got him where they did. And he's the starter uh, because he's the better player. So, you know, at the end of the day, all of these guys are good players. They were good players in college. But in terms of, uh, you know, looking at them from a, a pro prospect level, a lot of moves are made for specific reasons. And maybe that's the Zuniga move and also the Piran move. All right. And the last two guys I wanted to address, um, of course, the Bryce Hall pick. Everyone knows, you know, projected early rounder fell because of the ankle. So that's kind of a no brainer. Uh, you know, anyone could have taken him late. Luckily, the Jets did. So that's a steal there. He's played at a high level. Um, now, Cam Clark, he was a guy I loved coming out of Charlotte. Uh, 
Love the, love the film I was able to find on him. Looked phenomenal against Clemson. Unfortunately, he gets a spinal contusion this year. And really, we haven't heard a lot in terms of his future. He's, you know, he's on IR. Is he going to come back? Um, they haven't really addressed that. But w- what were your thoughts on him coming out, um, coming out of Charlotte in uh, Cam Clark? Yeah, I was a big fan of him uh, and, and how he was able to play any particular spot up front. He could have played tackle, he could play guard. Um, so there was a lot of versatility there. He was excellent in the all-star game circuit. So you, you like the, the, you know, the, the, the fact that they were able to get him in and you envisioned him being one of the fixtures up front. It's tough to say now with the injury because it's anything that involves a spinal cord, neck, back, you, you really don't know. Uh, you hope for the best. Uh, but you prepare for the worst. So if they're going to bring him along slowly, um, that's great. You know, probably the less you hear is for the better because uh, you don't want to set any unreal expectations. You want this guy to come back at 100%. Uh, so that that's where I stand on Cam Clark. I hope they get him back as a really good player. But I think Douglas has shown so far in his tenure the, the ability to draft O-Lyman, sign O-Lyman as an undrafted rookie free agent, and also develop guys – currently on the roster and get good play from these guys up front all right well that wraps up both classes emory hunt football game plan thanks so much for joining us emory and uh i'm sure you're gonna have your draft guide i don't know what date that's gonna be highly recommend that i picked that up last year i'll be picking it up again next year emory looks at division one two three he goes up and down the line he goes up to canada he's ever anyone who plays uh plays football at any level emory's gonna have him in his draft guide how many players did you have in there last year emory as, yeah, that's a great question. Last year, I want to say 600. Yeah, I was going to say bit, over 700. Yeah, and this year should be even more because now we have a full uh, class and guys coming out. And, you know, but that's the thing. You got to figure out which guys are going to take advantage of the free year and go back. So it still may be a running number, but I'm, I'm hoping it's over that number because we prepared for for that. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about it because, you know, it's, it's a, a, a good project to have and people could pre-order it right now at, at footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide. And again, you know, no one goes as deep as I do in terms of covering the draft. And, and we're excited about it because there's always good talent around uh, the country, no matter what level you play. All right, Emery, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Maybe I'll catch up with you.